Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to The Scarred Show. I am your host, Andrew Scarborough. We are live from Salt Lake City, and the current date today is January 23rd, 2024. We are pretty much at the end of the first month of the year already, as if 2023 didn't go completely fast. We're going to, you know, just tailgate it through the first month of 2024 but everybody stick around tune in let's get into this podcast we got a lot to talk about baby let's go all right everybody welcome to the scarf show and like i mentioned we have a lot to get into today so let's get right into this podcast as we are going to start off in the basketball world where some news has came up over the last couple of weeks and we're going to dive right into that. So to begin this podcast, one of the we've had a couple trades happen over the last week, um, including multiple players that have been traded and good players, decent, including one all star, but also good, decent players. So the first trade that happened over the week was former Toronto Raptors forward Pascal Siakam was traded to the Indiana Pacers for a package that included a couple of picks, um, including former Pacers player Bruce Brown was also included in this deal, um, as well as uh, Jordan Nora and Kira Lewis. So it was a three-team trade between the Indiana Pacers, Toronto Raptors, and the New Orleans Pelicans, with the Toronto Raptors receiving uh, Bruce Brown, Jordan Nora, Kyra Lewis, and three first-round picks, while also the two of the first picks from Indiana will be going to the Pelicans, and in return, the Indiana Pacers will be receiving superstar Pascal Siakam, and in his first game as a Pacer, he put up about 20 to 25 points, so a great de- debut, great outing. Um, I like this trade for the Indiana Pacers as they pair him with their already superstar in Tyrese Halliburton, point guard for the Indiana Pacers. Um, They're a good young team in the East right now. Um, They're making some noise. Everybody's kind of shocked because, like I said, this is a young team, but they bring in some veteran presence with Pascal Siakam coming to the team. They are currently ranked 7th in the Eastern Division right now at a record of 24 wins and 19 losses. Um, But, yeah, the Pacers are a great young team. I mean, you got to love the Pacers. Um, they also have Miles Turner. Um, they also acquired Obi Topin in the offseason from the New York Knicks. Um, they also have Buddy Heald, a young player who they drafted in Benedict Matherin. So a very good team that can make some noise in the East this year. And then adding Pascal Siakam to it just makes it all the worthwhile better. As P- Pascal Siakam has been one of the best forwards in the league for the last five years. Um, one of the best big men and was one of the Last remaining players from the Toronto Raptors championship team just a couple of years ago. Um, so now it is all young town, um, young, younger players being led by R.J. Barrett um, all uh, up in Toronto. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a new start for the Toronto Raptors and it's a new beginning for Pascal Siakam and the Indiana Pacers. All right, and then another trade that just happened today as we are speaking January 23rd. Um, the Charlotte Hornets have traded away superstar point guard Terry Rozier to the Miami Heat in exchange for 
former All-Star who also played for the Toronto Raptors championship team, Miami Heat point guard Kyle Lowry, will be going to the Charlotte Hornets in part of this deal. Um, This is a fair trade, I believe, as the Charlotte Hornets are getting some veteran presence for a very young team who is struggling this year um, mightily in the Eastern Conference. They are not at the last pace in the Eastern Conference, but they are, you know, right right down there for sure. Um, I believe they barely or even haven't had 10 wins yet this season, so that just shows you as we're already pretty much halfway through the season, and they barely have 10 wins. Um, so they're bringing in Kyle Lowry for some veteran presence. They may look to trade Kyle Lowry to swap in for some more veteran presence or some younger draft picks here in the future years. Um, but Terry Rozier goes to the Miami Heat. He goes to one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, led behind a team of Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, who have been making some noise the last three or four years, including two finals appearances, um, unfortunately losing to the Los Angeles Lakers in the bubble in the 2020 COVID season, and then losing to the Denver Nuggets last year in the NBA Finals. Um, so it's been a rough couple of years, but a great couple of years from for the Miami Heat and Miami Heat fans, and they're bringing in Terry Rozier to hopefully win another championship and bring another championship to Vice City. Um, and this bolsters their lineup and helps Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo have a veteran uh, point guard presence in Terry Rozier, who is one of the most dynamic players in the league right now. I wouldn't consider him really a superstar player, but he is a very, very good point guard and a very good player over the last couple of years. Um, he started his career in Boston, eventually was signed, or excuse me, I don't know, was he traded or I think he, I believe he was traded to the boss or the Charlotte Hornets just a couple of years ago, played for the Charlotte Hornets for a couple of years and now is getting traded to another team in the Miami heat. So a great swap for both teams. I believe this is, you know, a good uh, thing that'll happen for both of these teams. And then also some shocking news to come out of the NBA today. Um, the Milwaukee bucks who are 30 and 13 and who are, second in the Eastern Conference, right behind the best team in the league in the Boston Celtics. They shockingly today fired their head coach in Adrian Griffin. And it's looking like this was this is was shocking about this move because like I said, they're second in the East and they fired their head coach. Usually head coaches get fired for poor performances, not good performances. But this is very interesting because maybe Adrian Griffin he, this is his first year coaching the Bucks. He was an assistant coach for the Toronto Raptors for a couple of years um, and now became a first-time full head coach um, this year. And he's fired in his first year after leading the Bucks to the second in the Eastern Conference. So there has to be some personnel problems for this. Maybe players are unhappy with Adrian Griffin. Maybe they don't like Adrian Griffin that much. Um, I mean, it could be really anything. Because this is a very shocking move. Like I said, coaches get fired for bad performances, not good performances. And obviously the Bucks are 30-13 and 13 right now, second in the Eastern Conference. So they're doing very well with Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo. But I feel like some player presence had to do with this firing. Maybe he wasn't getting along with the locker room or the GM or ownership. I mean, there's all kinds of internal things that we don't know about till really the future on why they let him go. But some... Options or 
I shouldn't say some options, an option to replace him that has been mentioned today is former head coach for the L.A. Clippers, Doc Rivers, is expected to not only interview with the Milwaukee Bucks, but possibly become the full-time Milwaukee Bucks head coach. Um, so it's it's a very interesting move to see today. Um, so some crazy things to happen in 24 hours in the National Basketball Association. But we are going to move on to our next topic of this podcast. All right, everybody, we're going to move on to the baseball world where a lot has happened over the last couple of weeks as we are in full swing of the MLB offseason with baseball just starting up here in about three months. Um, Pitchers and catchers will uh, go to spring training early in February. They will report to spring trading in early February while the rest of the league and the rest of the players will report to spring training in about March, April, um, with our excuse me, March and with the season beginning in April. Um, so we are in the thick of things in the MLB offseason, and we've seen a lot of players move to a lot of newer teams over the last couple of weeks. So some signings that have happened over the last couple of weeks in free agency. The New York Yankees have went out and signed superstar pitcher from the Toronto Blue Jays, Marcus Stroman. Um, the Stro Show, you know, he, that's what he's known to be is the Stro Show. He is a good lefty pitcher that has a, like I said, has some dynamic flair to him and it has some great pitchers. And the Yankees are stacking up, man. They are going to try to win a World Series and bringing in Marcus Stroman to add to their already bolstered bullpen in Carlos Rodon, um, in Nestor Cortez, Garrett Cole, um, all those other players that they got, including their lineup with Aaron Judge, Juan Soto, who they acquired from the Padres, um, Giancarlo Stanton, DJ LeMahieu, yada, yada. I mean, the, the Yankees are stacked this year, and they are looking to make a push and to win a championship because it's been a long time, a long 15 years since they have won the, their last World Series. And bringing in Marcus Stroman bolsters this lineup and this pitching lineup even more. So this is a great signing for them. Um, Marcus Stroman wanted to go to the Yankees so that he got his dream wish. Um, to go to the Yankees. And then also another, uh, I should say, what what should I say? The AL, another AL powerhouse in the Houston Astros have brought in one of their superstar, a new superstar closer and signing Josh Hader from the San Diego Padres. As you know, Josh Hader has been one of the best closing pitchers in the last couple of years. Um, They signed him to a five-year deal to, you know, the Houston Astros, have been almost been or have won the World Series almost every time over the last five years. So that's all I need to tell you guys right there. They are loaded in every aspect of their team, especially in the pitching in the pitching rotation. And now they bring in even some more superstar bolstering. And if you're an Astros fan, you love it. If you're not an Astros fan, you hate it because everyone's sick of seeing the Astros. Um, continue to win and continue to be there in the world series teams are sick of seeing them it's always it's it's the new dynasty in baseball the houston astros are a new dynasty and they just bring in josh Hader, one of the best closers on the market to a and sign him to a big fat five-year deal um i don't know exactly the numbers of the contract but it's a five-year pretty hefty good paying contract for josh Hader who moves on from the San Diego Padres and heads to the H-Town, Houston, and joins the Houston Astros. 
All right, and then another couple of signings that have happened. The Los Angeles Dodgers have bolstered their lineup even more, not in the pitching aspect, but in the player aspect, as they went and signed former Seattle Mariners outfielder Teoscar Hernandez to a one-year deal. And like, like I said, everybody's riding the Dodger train this year as they brought in Shohei Otani, the best pitcher, the best Japanese pitcher on the market, and Yoshinobu Yamamoto, while also signing a couple more players to even entice players that, hey, we're looking to win a World Series, and this is the place to come. And Teoscar Hernandez is part of that idolization of, hey, I want to go win a championship, and this is the best team to do it. So I'm going to ride the bandwagon, and I'm going to go sign a one-year winning a championship deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers. He is one of the best outfielders in the league, one of the best power hitters in the league. Teoscar Hernandez is a menace if you're a pitcher. Um, he is a threat to go deep every single time. So a great, another great signing for the already stacked Los Angeles Dodgers. So it's going to be a very interesting and exciting year if you're a, if you're an LA Dodgers fan right now. And then lastly, another last signing that has happened over the last week is the Pittsburgh Pirates have made some noise as they bolster their pitching lineup in signing veteran Aroldis Chapman, um, who has played for many multiple teams. He's played for the Yankees, the Cubs, um, most notably this last year won a World Series with the Texas Rangers. But his most notoriety came when he was with the Cincinnati Reds, who where he began his career. He was the first pitcher to pretty much throw for 100 miles an hour. Um, I think the fastest pitch he ever threw was 103. And I still think he can put up those, you know, hot pepping numbers, um, even at his older age now. So the Pittsburgh Pirates have now finally found their closer. They also have David Bednar, who has been a superstar for them for over the last two years. Um, he's probably their best pitcher in their lineup. But adding a role to Chapman just bolsters that lineup even better. And this is a team looking to make the playoffs. Um they have been on the verge of making the playoffs the last couple of years. Um, they're one of the best young teams in the league uh, behind Brian Reynolds. Um, they also brought in their veteran presence last year again and in Andrew McCutcheon, who was a longtime pirate who began his career in Pittsburgh and then left for a couple of years and then signed a couple-year deal um, with the Pittsburgh Pirates last year. So they are looking to, you know, make some noise over in the NL and, you know, compete with those other teams, those big teams like the the Arizona Diamondbacks, the L.A. Dodgers, the San Diego Padres, the big boys. They're trying to compete with them. And bringing in, bringing in Aroldis Chapman um, helps them even more, and especially when you've got a guy that can throw for 103 miles an hour, which is just insanely fast um, and scary if you're a batter, especially when that's coming straight to your head. So if you guys think hitting a baseball is easy, try going – Try going and hitting a 103-mile-an-hour fastball. Tell me after when you see that. Tell me how really easy it is then. <laughs> but anyways, lastly, we also have some huge news that has come up today as we have three new players that will be elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame this year. Three very honorable players, three well-deserving players um, who had Hall of Fame careers and are very much well-deserving of this of this accolade. So the three players that will be going into the Baseball Hall of Fame this year are former Texas Rangers and Boston Red Sox third baseman Adrian Beltre, who had a stellar career with both teams. 
Um, won a couple of World Series with both teams, most notably with the Texas Rangers. Um, Adrian Beltre was a great guy. He was a he was one of the funniest players you'd see. You, you, of course, you go to see him for his skills and his talent. But man, that guy loved playing baseball, and he enjoyed playing baseball, and he showed it on the field that he could crack up a few jokes here and and mess with some fans or mess with the pitchers or just you know classic baseball having a fun as a kid, you know, and uh, very much well deserving. Adrian Beltre was one of my favorite players when he was with his time um, with the Boston Red Sox, and obviously moved to the Texas Rangers and won a couple of World Series. The next player I'm going to mention who has also made the Hall of Fame is former Minnesota Twins catcher Joe Maurer has been elected to the National Baseball Hall of Fame and was one of the best catchers, if not one, I shouldn't say the best catcher ever, but was one of the best catchers at the time when he was playing, um, if not the best catcher when he was playing. Um, Unfortunately, didn't win a World Series, but had a great career with the Minnesota Twins. He is probably one of the most, if not the most famous Minnesota Twins to ever play for that organization and one of the most famous catchers in all of the MLB. So very much well-deserving for him. And then one of my favorite players who played for the Colorado Rockies as a first baseman for many years um, was pretty much a Colorado Rocky his whole entire career. Didn't win a World Series, unfortunately lost to the Boston Red Sox in the 2006 World Series when he was a member of the Colorado Rockies. And this player is first baseman, former first baseman Todd Helton, has been elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame and very much well-deserving for him. Um, the, the numbers back it up. He's one of the best first basemans to ever play the game um, in baseball. One of the most, if not the most famous Rocky, um, Colorado Rocky to ever play for the organization. And like I said, almost got a World Series, but ran into the Boston Red Sox back in 2006, who were just a much better team. But man, it, you don't have to win World Series to make the to make the Hall of Fame. So his stats back it up. And, you know, Todd Helton is Mr. Colorado Rocky pretty much. And you've got to put him into the Hall of Fame. And I'm glad to see that the MLB has now elected to put him into the Hall of Fame and very much well-deserving for all three of these players. But those are the three players that were just announced today that will be elected to the National Baseball Hall of Fame here in the next couple of months. All right, now that we've gotten past the baseball world, we're going to move into our final topic where we head to the National Football League where lots of news has came up over the last week, including lots of coaching firings over the last couple of weeks, as you know. Um, there are only four teams left that will play in the championship games this Sunday, and those include the Detroit Lions, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Baltimore Ravens, and the San Francisco 49ers will all be competing to play for a chance to play in the Super Bowl this Sunday. But as for the rest of the 28 other NFL teams, it is the full offseason mode. Every team is preparing for the draft, preparing for uh, free agency coming up in the next few weeks and are looking to have new people in new positions to run the helm and represent the organizations as they go through these free agent and NFL draft periods. And some many surprising head coaches have been fired over the last couple of weeks. So let's get into that. The, first off, the Seattle Seahawks have fired their longtime head coach in Pete Carroll, who led them to a couple of Super Bowls 
and winning one Super Bowl against the Denver Broncos back in 2013. He was the leading coach behind the Legion of Boom defense and the electrifying offense that was led by quarterback Russell Wilson for many years. And as you know, quarterback Russell Wilson was eventually traded just two years ago to the Denver Broncos. And the Legion of Boom eventually broke up and fell apart. And they moved into new directions over the last three or four years um, with the Seattle Seahawks. But making the playoffs last year and last year's NFL playoffs, unfortunately losing to the San Francisco 49ers in the first round. Um, but they almost made the playoffs this year. They finished out a record of 9-8, and eight, barely missing the playoffs by a game. Um, unfortunately, the Green Bay Packers snuck in before they could get in. And uh, it was a very weird and very interesting and very shocking firing to see Pete Carroll, longtime head coach who coached at USC before coming to coach for the Seattle Seahawks for many years and is beloved in Seattle. And I just didn't understand why they fired him after, of course, making the playoffs last year with Geno Smith and then almost making the playoffs this year with their same quarterback and Geno Smith. So a very shocking move. Don't understand why this really happened. Maybe it was a mutual agreement. Maybe Pete Carroll's just kind of done with football. Um, maybe he's not. I don't know who's to say. Maybe there were some internal issues between ownership and coaching staff um, that could have led to his firing. But a very shocking firing indeed. So the Seattle Seahawks will be looking to hire a new head coach here in the next coming uh, upcoming weeks. Um, some rumors that I've heard to take over the head coaching role would be Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. They might move maybe one of their internal candidates up to head coach. Um, there's always many other possibilities around the league that they could steal from other teams to become the next head coach. But they will be looking to find a next head coach. And they are not the only team to be looking for a new head coach as the Tennessee Titans also fired their head coach, Mike Rabel, um, longtime head coach. Not, I shouldn't say long time, but he was with the Titans for a good three to four years. Um, one coach of the year back in 2021, um, but had a, an abysmal last two years with the Tennessee Titans, um, missing the playoffs in the both last two years. Um and just couldn't really develop young talent. So I, this wasn't really a shock to me to see Vrabel fired. Um, I was expecting this one to happen, especially after the abysmal season they had this year. Um, but by, Mike Vrabel will bounce back. He will find a new job. He is one of the great young coaching talents. Um, was a former player, played linebacker for the New England Patriots for many, many years, and was a part of that electrifying defense that won them Super Bowls during those years. So Mike Vrabel is a football guy, and he is a football talent, and he is a great head coach, and I think he will bounce back. Whether that be a head coach somewhere else or an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator, but I believe he will he will be coaching next year um, on a new team, whether that be a head coach or an offensive defensive coordinator position. But Mike Vrabel has been fired by the Tennessee Titans as he won't be coaching them for the foreseeable future. And then not only the biggest firing that happened – that many people expected this year, but none only bigger than Patriots, longtime Mr. Patriot, longtime head coach for the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick, was fired last week. Um, they held a press conference um, with Patriots owner Robert Kraft, wishing him well, wishing him goodbye. 
And it seems like they both decided to go separate ways. But as you know, Bill Belichick won six Super Bowls with the New England Patriots. Um, you know, when he became head coach back in 2000, um, a great 24 years with the New England Patriots. And of course, developing, if not the best quarterback, but one of the best quarterbacks ever, the GOAT, Tom Brady, and leading those Super Bowl dynasty teams and winning six Super Bowls and could have been to a lot more if they didn't run into a lot of very good teams over those years. But man, six Super Bowls is all you need to know. Surefire Hall of Famer. And many people consider him the best coach in the NFL ever. So very shocking to see that the Patriots moved on for him. But it was expected throughout the year. And Bill Belichick it is at the ripe age of 71. So we're I'm curious to see if he'll coach again. Um, a team that has come up over the last couple of weeks that is, he is very interested in is the Atlanta Falcons, who in which he beat in the Super Bowl after the Atlanta Falcons blew a 28-3 lead just a couple of years ago. Um, so very coincidental if he ends up in Atlanta and becomes the head coach there. But the Patriots took no time in replacing Bill Belichick as they fired, as they not fired, hired their linebacker coach and former Patriot linebacker Gerard Mayo will become the new head coach of the New England Patriots for the foreseeable future. Um, the Patriots, like you know, they are very internal. They love to have internal things. A lot of coaches in the NFL right now have become, um, have come out of the Patriot way and become head coaches of their own. Um, so they, 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 they have a knack for developing um, head coaches and good coaches around the league and not only around the league but internally um so gerard bale is another example of this who now has his opportunity to turn this once glamorized and dynasty franchise around um after a rough couple of years and missing the playoffs while also winning only i, th I believe it was only like three or four games this year so a very abysmal ending year for bill belichick um, as they look towards the future and having Gerard Mayo run the team for the foreseeable future. And as you know, Gerard Mayo played many years as a linebacker for the Patriots and was part of those Super Bowl teams as well. So he will do just fine relating to his players as he is a football game, a football guy, and has also been not only coach football, but has also been a professional player as well. So he will do just fine in New England. They have a very, very intriguing draft pick this upcoming draft as they held, as they hold the third pick in the draft and will probably be looking to either trade up to the number one pick or looking to draft another quarterback um, this year as Mac Jones, who they drafted a couple of years ago, just hasn't really panned out for them. Um, but it's going to be a very interesting offseason for the Patriots and a very interesting draft to see what the first moves of new head coach Sherrod Merrill will do with this Patriots team who has been on the wrong side of history for the last couple of years. So very interesting to see, and it's going to be a very interesting offseason for all of these guys. All right, everybody, we're coming towards the end of the podcast, but as usual, we are going to do the fun fact of the day before we end this podcast and this episode. So let's get into this. The, this is a very funny and interesting one, so I'm excited to tell you guys about this one. But the fun fact of the day for January 23rd, 2024, 
is the NFL, the National Football League, estimates that more than 100 children are conceived every year at tailgate parties in the Super Bowl parking lot. So it looks like the Super Bowl, it's a worldwide event. It's the greatest event of all sports. But I guess it's a lot greater for not only just the players, but for the fans as well. And it seems like fans get a little too, too excited that they get to watch championship football to where the point that a hundred children are conceived every year in a Super Bowl parking lot. So I don't think I need to get much more into the detail of what you what what you know about this fact, but that is very interesting and very funny to know. And I honestly I wouldn't doubt it, bro, because people go crazy for their football. But just a funny fact, and I didn't know this either, but I guess it's a great time for the fans and both the players when the Super Bowl comes around in every February of every year and the greatest sporting event in all of the sports history world. But anyways, thank you guys for tuning into this podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you guys again for all the support, all the love, and make sure you guys like and follow this Scarf Show podcast. Make sure you tell your friends and family who are sports avid fans about the sports, uh, about the Scarf Show podcast. Make sure you are following Wherever you may be listening to your podcast, make sure you follow the Scarb Show and make sure you like and follow the Instagram Scarb Show uh, Instagram account. But thank you guys again for tuning into this episode. I hope you guys learned a little something and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. But thank you guys again. I have been your host, Andrew Scarborough. This has been the Scarb Show. We are live in Salt Lake City and we will see you guys next week.